All right, there we go, there we go. Um, good morning, good morning, everybody. How y'all doing? What's up? What's up? <laughs> y'all, that's tough. That's love. That's love. That's so dope, man. Shout out to the team, man. That's love, man. Um, if you couldn't tell, I am still Meech. Yes, me. Um, bald-headed, but it is still me. So, yes, I did cut my hair. Um, but it's still me. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Um, I just want to first, a um, couple of announcements real quick. Can I get um, all of the young adults? If you are 18 to 35, can you please stand? Young adults, 18 to 35. Yeah, 35, like not and a half, 30, like a real one. 35, there we go. If you feel young adult-ish, you can raise your heart, but not your body. There you go. Yeah, there you go. All right, so <laughs> I say all that to say, one, I am the youth and young adult minister here at Ivy Baptist, but I want to let you guys know um, to build community because that's what this thing is supposed to be about. Um, we have an after party today downstairs in the basement. Now, if you don't know what the basement is, it's also called the Fellowship Hall. We just don't say that. Um, but yeah, so all young adults are invited. Young adults are invited. Even if you don't know anybody, listen, one of the team, how you doing, Jada? What up? Uh, we're going to grab y'all, you know, really um, introduce ourselves so that way you really get to know the community here at Ivy. We don't want you to just be here and not get to know people. Um, doing this thing alone kind of gets hard and nobody was meant to do this alone. So that's really why we're building that young adult community. So if you want to join us, we'll have some food, but looking at the numbers, we might not have enough. Um, and for the record, I know this happens every time. I love every last one of y'all, church mamas and all that. Please do not guilt trip me to give you some food. Please do not hang at the door and look at me like I'm sinning if I don't get you a plate, please. Because if you do it, the one behind you gonna do it. Yes, I know y'all will. Love y'all, but go home. Um, but yeah, y'all can go ahead and be seated. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, so, um, I want to get started today for sure. Um, but first, I do got to shout out um, two ladies. I shouted them out of my initial, but I got to shout them out again. My mama in the building, y'all. She in the building, yeah. All the way from Panama. Now, mind you, she did not come to hear me preach. She got plans, so... She just ended up here at the right time, so look at God. Um, but then, of course, my wife, um, got to give it up to her for sure, babe. Um, she's back up there singing post-surgery. You better sing, girl. Listen, she back. So for those who didn't see her, yes, I'm still married. So watch yourselves. Yeah, there you go. Let them know, baby. Yeah, let them know. There you go. Let them know who it is, right? Um, but no, and I, I will say this to speak, and my wife knows I'm transparent. I did not clear this with her, but she knows me. So nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless, we have been married going on. Is this going on five, babe? Five years in June. Five years. Woo! That thing ain't no joke. Um, and the, the dope part about marriage, and I'm sure the people who are married here can attest, um, wow, you know, you see on Instagram and Facebook all the highlights and stuff, marriage is work. Real work, knockout, drag out, work. Like literally like, all right, I don't like you today. I don't like you neither. All right, I'll see you tomorrow. Like it's work. Um, and we've been working. We've been working. You know, um, it started with me chasing her down. She played hard to get. Um, she did, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. She chased me. Um, I played hard to get. She gave me that look. Lay back. Um, but we eventually got there. And, and with that, there came a period in time um, where she was grilling me to kind of define what we were doing to figure out what we were, 
all right? You know, of course, I was, I was male. I'm, we good. We having fun. You my friend. Let's keep it funky. And she like, nah, that ain't it, all right? And I think we were engaged, what, seven years before getting married? Seven, three, no, my bad. We were together seven years before getting engaged, yeah. Yeah, so um, I took a long time for that ring, so... Uh, yeah, my bad. Are you got it now? You got the ring? There you good. Um, but no, nah, it was just, it was a lot, right? But there's always a period when it comes to relationships where you got to define it, right? Anybody ever heard of DTR before? DTR? Anybody heard it? So DTR stands for define the relationship, right? And I, I feel like most of you ladies should know. Fellas, I understand if you're confused. But there's a point in time in relationship where you really got to define it, right? And what we're going to do today, and I want to be, I'm going to be honest, I want to be very transparent today. Um, this is one of those sermons that if you take it the wrong way, you'll feel condemned, but that's not the plan. Now, if there's some conviction, then great, good, but no, none whatsoever condemnation, right? And I want to really take a look at our relationship with Christ. We've been focusing heavy on really just sitting with God. And last fourth Sunday, I didn't get a chance to preach. We just sat here and worshiped, which is a beautiful thing. But pastor said something at the end of it. It's not just about the worship you have here. It's when you leave, Right, so we're really going to talk about that, and we're going to do some DTR work in defining our relationship with Christ. So if you can stand for me, if everybody can stand, I will be reading from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. Now, I'm reading from the, the ERV, easy-to-read version. I know some of y'all don't have a clue what that is, but we got a lot of young people in here, so we are going to read the easy-to-read version of the Bible. So, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. And it reads, Remember this, there are some terrible times coming in the last days. People will love only themselves and money. Check. They will be proud and boast about themselves. Check. They will abuse others with insults. Check. They will not obey their parents. Check. They will be ungrateful and against all that is pleasing to God. Check. They will have no love for others and will refuse to forgive anyone. Check. They will talk about others to hurt them and will have no self-control. Check. They will be cruel and hate what is good. Check. People will turn against their friends. Check. There you go. Y'all with me. They will do foolish things without thinking and will be so proud of themselves. Check. Instead of loving God, they will love pleasure. Check. And verse 5 is what I want you to pay specific attention to. They will go on pretending to be devoted to God, but they will refuse to let that devotion change the way they live. Stay away from these people. <sighs> the title of my sermon, you can have your seats, you can have your seats, you can have your seats. The title of my sermon is DTR. Fan or follower? Fan or follower? DTR, define the relationship, right? And that is, I said it, I mentioned it with my wife, that is a pivotal point in time when you're in a relationship with somebody. And I want to give you some backstory to this scripture because I think a lot of times in church, we read scriptures as if Jesus or the word is talking about the rest of the world. Most of the time, it's talking about the house. It's talking about the church. It's talking about Christians. It's talking about us. In actuality, Paul writes this letter to Timothy, which is like his understudy, you know, his next up right-hand man. Um, he writes this letter to Timothy because he's going out to, you know, plant churches and, you know, get ready to build the, the kingdom the way it's supposed to be. And he gives them this warning. 
And he's warning them about people who are pretending to be devoted to God without letting that devotion change the way they live, right? And it's a very tricky thing that we do because while, yes, with a a husband or a wife or a boyfriend and a girlfriend, we kind of know how to move. But for some reason, when it comes to God, we think we can claim him without changing anything about us. And it's bad because in working with young people, we have a generation coming up behind that's doing the same thing, and we're wondering what's wrong with them. So something's not right in the way we do our relationship with Christ, and we want to talk about it. Before we do, I want to put a slide on the screen to really talk about some relationships. There are different levels to relationships, so I want to show that right there. Y'all go ahead and look. Don't act weird because y'all know what all of those things up there mean. So don't act funny. And if you're joining us online right now, I apologize if you don't know what's going on. Um, but nonetheless, right, there's, there's levels to relationships. One, the friends with benefits, which a lot of us, if we're being completely honest, we know people like that. We have people like that. I guess that's the alarm. God said, yep. We have people like that. Some of us are people like that. We have that, that side chick relationship. You don't really owe them nothing, but you call them when you need them. Also that, um, and we're not going to act weird, that booty call relationship. And somebody said, ooh, yeah. The young kids call sneaky links. We'll do that too. Where it's just, once again, when you're in need, that's when you hit them up. When you, when you got an urge for something, that's when you reach out. But once you're done, you're done with them. Just friends with benefits. There's no attachment. And then there's the sugar daddies and the sugar mamas. I, you know, I ain't got one. They got my sugar mama right there. So listen. And those are the ones that, you know, they just provide for you. They're only there to just provide. That's the commitment of the relationship. Because you're with them, they give you things. Then you have the, the not really committed, but people know about it. We talk, you know. Got a couple people y'all talking. Some of y'all here talking, you know. We ain't there yet, but, you know, we have fun. We get on the phone late. We might go eat, but I ain't really got to rock with you for real. I don't got to change nothing about me, but we talk. Then there's the boyfriend and girlfriend one, which I work in middle schools. For some reason, they think that is a real commitment for boyfriend and girlfriend. I mean, locked in. Like, these, these kids are different. I mean, changing the bio and their social media, calling them wifey and all that. I'd be like, girl, you're what? You're 12. <laughs> you ain't nobody wifey. What is, you, what? And it, it's just, it's crazy that we can think that moving like a girlfriend and a boyfriend means commitment. It really doesn't. You're not really committed to nothing and you're not wanting anything. And then there's, of course, the full commitment when you get engaged and when you get married. Now, we can look at this screen and we can just point out which one God requires of us, right? But I want you to really ask yourselves, where do you really fall? If you really had to take an honest look at your relationship with God, where are y'all? Is he your side chick? Is he just your boyfriend and girlfriend? Is he just a friend with benefits, sugar daddy, when you, you know, call him when you need something? Or are you married to our Lord and Savior? It sounds good, and we can clap and cheer when the songs come out, but I think we said it a month ago, your worship is a reflection of how you feel about God. And some of us sit back like, talking about my side piece right now. That's about it. Right, so I'll ask this question. Raise your hand if you're, you're married, engaged, boyfriend, girlfriend, anybody, anybody in a couple. I'm at a kid, raise their hand first. Any husbands, wives in here, raise your hand, please. Yeah, yeah, raise them, raise them high. Yeah, y'all better own y'all relationship. You better have your hand up. Yeah, my hand up, my bad, my bad, my hand up. She said, raise your hand. I want you to put your hand down. I'll ask this question. If your significant other treated you the way you treat God, would you stay? 
would you stay with them? If your significant other treated you the way you treat God in your relationship, would you still be there? Or would your friends tell you it's time to go? Would your mama start tripping like, boy, you better leave her? Or would you actually stay in a relationship that did to you what we do to God? And I don't want this to guilt anybody. My bad. I take that back. I do. I actually do. I don't want this to condemn anybody. But there, there comes a point in time where we, we're supposed to come to church and hear the word and read the word and look at it and say, you know what? I'm not giving him what he deserves. I'm not treating him the way he's supposed to be treated. We sit back and we're like, you know, I'm a Christian. I'm saved. I got God. Yes. But then we do him like he could just show up whenever we want him to show up. That's not a real relationship. And it comes a point in time where we have to actually define it. Matthew 15, 8 through 9 says, and I'm reading all um, ERV versions, you know, easy to read. Matthew 15, 8 and 9 says, These people honor me with their words, but I am not really important to them. Their worship of me is worthless. The things they teach are only human rules. He was talking about religious people. He wasn't talking about the sinners. He said they honor me with their words, but I'm not important to them. Because when you're really important to someone, you have to move different. Have to. And for those who are married and in relationships, that is the hardest part about it. Where a whole person enters a relationship with another whole person, and you got to figure out how to make it work. That's why the word says two will become one. Because you can't be your whole self. She can't be her whole self. Y'all got to figure out a newness. Now, since we know the Lord trumps us, he is our newness. But we, we claim to be devoted without letting it change our lives. Listen, if I was married to that woman and went to the strip club every night, I'd be single. I'd be divorced. If y'all saw me in the strip club, y'all swung. Hey, listen, go get that little boy. Shut him down now. He's not faithful. That's how we would move, right? Because here, for some reason, we give the culture more respect and relationship than we do the kingdom. And it shouldn't be like that. And I don't want anybody to keep saying that. I do want you to feel some type of way. But I wanted to, to spark something in you to be like, you know what? I got to do better by Christ. Right? And I asked this question to define the relationship. Are you a fan or a follower? A fan of Christ or a follower? Right? I put this, this Georgetown Hoyers jersey on, and immediately people knew exactly whose number this was. Y'all knew who, everybody, who, whose jersey number is this? Allen Iverson, right? We knew who it was. You recognize it. You may not be a fan of Georgetown, but you're a fan of Allen Iverson. He's from here. You know about him. Ms. Linda said, Bubba Chuck. I said, yes, ma'am. That's him. Because there's a, there's a fanness with it, right? We have these teams, football, basketball. We're fans of them. And in our actions as fans, we show up. We come. You know, I've been to NBA games before. And it, it's crazy how church starts to look like an arena. The fans come in and we sit down. We cheer. We clap. And then we go home. And church tends to look the exact way. We come in, we watch everybody perform, we cheer, and then we go home. Without letting the devotion change the way we live. Church has become a sold-out arena. And then we wonder why the kids don't want nothing to do with it. I don't want to be a fan of that. And then we get upset with them. You don't know. You need God. It's like, you're probably right, but... I don't want to be a fan. I need something deeper, right? So I want to talk about it, right? And we're going to break it down a little bit. 
First point, and I know give three points and we'll get up out of here because I don't want to be up here long because I really want us to just take the time to reflect on our relationship with God. First things first, first point. Fans hear the word of God. Followers do the word of God. I'm going to say it again. Fans hear the word of God. Followers do the word of God. And I'm going to read James 1, 22 through 25. And we're going to read a lot of word today because I don't want nobody thinking this is me giving his opinion. I'm going to give you the Bible. You take it up with God afterward. James 1, 22 says, do what God's teaching says. Don't just listen and do nothing. When you only sit and listen, you are fooling yourselves. Hearing God's teaching and doing nothing is like looking at your face in the mirror and doing nothing about what you saw. You go away immediately forgetting how bad you looked. But when you look into God's perfect law that sets people free, pay attention to it. If you do what it says, if you do what it says, you will have God's blessings. Never just listen to his teachings and forget what you heard. We do it so often. We come in here and we listen. The same way fans show up to a game and just watch. We remember what we saw was exciting, but did it change the way we lived? Pastor's been saying from the jump, our kingdom, our theme for this year is kingdom over culture. Scripture, Matthew 6, Seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. You know what we do when we go home during the week? We struggle and pray about getting all those things added. We want God to add all those things. We get upset when he don't add all those things through prayer. When the Bible literally said, seek me first. It gave you the instructions, but if you hear it, and leave and forget, you won't do what it said. Anybody ever, and be honest, anybody ever like, you leave, you're talking to everybody, right? I've done this in church, and I can't lie, I've been upset about it. Talking to everybody, talking, talking. I get in the car, pull the mirror down, and there's just this booger just sitting there, just right there planted, just chilling. Not, in, like, not up there where it can't nobody tell, but I'm talking about like just right up in there disrespectfully. And you realize, like, I walk past all them saved people, and ain't nobody tell me I had a booger in my nose? Not one? So don't nobody love me enough to be like, bro, get, just make a signal, some smoke screen. Matter of fact, this morning, I, that's why it's important to have your mama in the building. I spoke to half of y'all in here. I hug everybody. I get to my mama. She hugged me. She looked at me. You need some gum? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, get that over. She said, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why your mama here. Go ahead, get that. I said, give me two. She said, yeah, boy, go ahead. I said, I'm speaking to everybody. She said, yeah, I ain't going to let you go out like that. See, it's, it's, it's weird that some of us can look and see that there's something wrong and not fix it. You would never look in a mirror, see a booger, and not get that out. If you do, you're weird. <laughs> Nobody would ever do that. But we can come in here, sit down, listen to the word, say amen, and leave and go about our business and live the exact same type of life without changing anything. And I don't want, because see, we can come in here and say amen, and then us as preachers feel like, yep, they felt us today. But then you leave and God like, bro, ain't nothing changed. Nothing. We come here as fans and we hear. It's different being a fan versus a follower. Followers head in the direction of the leader. So therefore, I can't go where I want to because my leader says go this way. I'm going this way. The word of God is telling us consistently where we need to go, how we need to be, how we need to treat each other. But yet we decide for ourselves how we want to live. And then we claim Christ. Right? It's a, it's a, 
it's a struggle we have right now in this world, and I'm going to be completely honest, where we have, I want to say this the right way, we have way too many Christians. We have too many. And this may completely go against what y'all thought I would say, but we have too many people claiming to be Christians and not living like Christians. It waters it down. Let's be honest. It waters it down that so many people can claim to be about this life but not really be about this life. It don't make sense, but it keeps happening. And once again, we wonder why the younger generation is like, y'all can keep that. A Christian look like every other version of everybody out here. I, ain't nothing special. I had a young kid tell me one time, he looked at me dead serious. This is a young kid. I think he was, yeah, ninth grade, young. He looked at me, he's like, listen, if God is who y'all say he is, y'all don't make him look like it. And I'm like, huh? He said, be honest, y'all don't. And I looked at him and was like, yo, you right. He said, God's supposed to be this all-powerful, all uh, It don't seem like it. How we give more reverence to our moms than God, to our spouses than God, to our peers than God. We talking about God, the creator of the entire universe. We say we serve him, but we move like he serves us. We have to be better. We have to. You don't get credit for having the jersey on. I don't play for Georgetown. I look nice in the jersey, right? I look nice. But I don't get credit for playing for Georgetown. I get no scholarship. I don't get no trophy. I don't get no stipend money. Fans don't cheer for me. But I throw on the jersey, and for those who don't know better, they think, you play for Georgetown? If I say, yeah, that changes everything. And we do the same thing with Christianity. We, we fake it because we know how to put the jersey of Christ on without actually letting it change our lives. So I want to show y'all this video, and it's actually pretty hilarious. Uh, Mr. Bill, you mind queuing that up for me real Talk quick? I want you to watch something real quick. Yeah, what's up? Oh, what's up, dude? I know I recognize you. Yeah, yeah. What's up, man? I'm Dan. Hey, Clay. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. It's good to see someone from the basketball team. Yeah, man. You, you going to watch our game tonight or what? Yeah. Players park? For the players park? Yeah. Uh, we're the players park. VIP. Yeah. VIP. They go up to H. Bro, we're getting in. VIP. Yeah, we got one more. We got, we got one, one more to get through. Hold on. What we got, sir? Hey. 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 For warm up. Oh, look at you. Oh, hold on. Be living. Yep, yep. I oh, gotta get him. No, 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 no. Oh, come on, get it, get it, get it. That's my boy right here. Yeah. Oh, Lord, man. Yeah. That's good, man. Hey, we're going, we're, we're going. going. Hey, put up 30 points today. All right, I will. All right. Yo, we're getting through. <laughs> Bro, we're right. going straight to the player party. Please hurry up and charge him, so we can get out. Yep. 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 We're going all the way. We're going all the way. <laughs> <laughs> Hey. What's up, man? Hey, Steph, I'm the real Splash Bro. Hey, what's up, bro? You see me? You see me? Yeah, I'm the real Splash Bro. It's 
Are you going to pass me the ball tonight? Are you going to pass me the rock? And to be Clay Thompson. Yeah. So as you can see, right, based on the video, he looked like Clay Thompson that plays for the Golden State Warriors, right? And to someone who doesn't know any better, him looking like Clay Thompson, wearing the jersey, will have them reacting like he's the real thing. But he's not. My man said, put up 30 tonight. What happens if Clay don't score 30? He's gonna feel like, well, what happened? And it's crazy how some of us are looking for us to score 30 in the kingdom, but yet we not, because we really not players for real. We fans pretending to be players, wearing the jersey, showing up, all right, yeah, let me in. Yep, I look all good. I got my stuff on. But when it comes time for the action, we don't show up. He said, y'all going to pass me the ball? Real players don't pass the wrong people the ball. God not going to pass the wrong person the ball. And we want God to use us. He's like, I use players, not fans. People who actually commit to this thing. But I'm going I'm to slow down because I'm going a little too far, right? And it's just understanding that there's a need for us to not just sit back and watch and just hear. We have to be doers. We have to be about this thing and really be kingdom workers. And it matters how you are, right? The Bible says in Matthew 5:13, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its taste, it cannot be made salty again. Salt is useless if it loses its salty taste. It will be thrown out where people will just walk on it. Without your salt, without your flavor, take it how you want to. The Bible says you're useless. According to the Bible, we might have some useless Christians. I want to be honest with you. Can he use you? Do you have the flavor and the saltiness that he desires? Right? Salt is a good thing. You put it on your food, it makes it better. But anybody just ate just regular salt by itself? It's disgusting. Absolutely not. Somebody raise their hand. Somebody get those kids. Lord Jesus. We got to, some of y'all parents got to watch your children. To just eat salt by itself. It's, it's disgusting. It, it turns you off, right? What does church look like when we're only salty in this building? It don't taste as good. Because you're only salty here. and We just a bunch of salt sitting together. And when everybody come taste, they're like, no, it's disgusting. It's all salt. We were made to make an impact on this world. Something that don't taste as good, we're supposed to be there, it tastes better. That's how salt works. That's how we're supposed to work. But when we're only salty in the building, don't nobody want to be here, it don't taste right. You're supposed to get your saltiness here, figure it out, get your flavors right. Go out in the building and go out in the world and do what you're supposed to do. We're supposed to live this thing for real, but everybody's not doing it. And then we're wondering why the rest of the world is not following. It wasn't set right, right? Point number two, fans inspire people to become fans. Followers inspire people to become followers. If anybody, my, I'm an Eagles fan, and don't hate, we're overbeat, don't say nothing. And there you go, Eagles fan. I'm an Eagles fan, right? I became a fan watching my cousins. They are Eagles fans. My older cousin right above me became a fan watching his older brother. He's an Eagles fan. He watched him get dressed, cheer for the game. He looked at him. He looked up to him. I'll be one too. 
Looked up to my cousin. Yep, I'll be one too. You know what I didn't want to be watching him? A football player. I ain't say I want to go out there watching him. Nothing about a fan made me want to be a football player. You think about any of the pro athletes, they don't attribute their dreams to watching fans in the stands. They said, I watched Michael Jordan go crazy. I want to do that. They said, I watched LeBron. I want to be that. I watched Steph. I want to be him. Kids in the back shooting saying Kobe, not fans. Players inspire other people to be players. So I'll ask this question and really speaking of whether we're salt, whether we're light, If we're wondering why the world is turned off from Christ, maybe the lights have turned off. Maybe the salt is not salty anymore. Because those who are followers will cause people to want to follow Christ. Now, there will be some that don't. That's fine. But are we making fans or are we making followers? Do we bring these kids into the building and we just tell them about God? He did all these great things. He's amazing. Serve him. Yes, I will cheer for the Lord. And God's like, I need you to follow and serve me. They're like, whoa. I'm here to clap for you. I'm not here to walk where you walk. But that's what he asked for. Me and Pete were talking about it. The Bible didn't say make Christians. It said go out and make disciples. By definition, disciples are followers. So go out and make people that will walk where I walk, that will follow my lead, follow my behavior, follow my characteristics, follow my love. That's what he asked for. You know what we got? People to clap for his characteristics, clap for his Bible stories, cheer for his love, thank you for it. But do we move in it? Do we follow? That is the job, right? And I told you we're going to keep being in this Bible. And I want to read because Paul was writing a letter to Timothy. He was young at the time, but he was trying to, and at the time, Paul was in jail, right? So Paul knew, and this is actually the last letter Paul wrote that's in the Bible. So we have 1 Timothy 4 and 12 where he's talking to Timothy. He says, you are young, But don't let anyone treat you as if you are not important. Let me say that again for all the young people in here, especially for my 116 people, because we've been in Bible study talking a lot lately about really being about this thing and not just being cookie cutter Christians. Because if you hear, I'm not letting you go out like that. I will let you know you're not walking the way he wants you to walk. So for the record, you are young, but don't let anyone treat you as if you are not important. Be an example to show the believers how they should live. Show them by what you say, by the way you live, by your love, by your faith, and by your pure life. You show them. Show them how it's done. Not talk to them. March Madness is going on, and there's a coach, Kansas State. One of my boys plays for the team, and I'm I'm listening to his coaching interviews, and he's a believer, unashamed of it, talks about it every interview. And he said something in one of his interviews like two days ago. He said he heard a preacher say one time, You are supposed to preach the gospel every day and every so often use your words. Supposed to preach the gospel every day, but every now and then use your words. It's supposed to look like something. They're supposed to see it. And I want to put this out there, and if you feel some type of way, good. They need to see it at home too. Not when you come in here for us. They have to see it in the house. Because I'll be honest, and I've talked to some young people, and those who work with young people, you can say the same thing. Most of them are turned off by a family member. There's some mamas and some grandmas that are the reason why they don't want to follow Christ. Let's be completely honest. It's it's turned off by the example. The people in the day didn't want to go to the temple because the way the Pharisees carried it. They weren't turned off by Jesus. They was turned off by the Pharisees. That's why they flocked to Jesus. 
I tell young people all the time, if you really knew what Jesus was like, you would love him. You would rock with him. Man came in flipping tables. You would flip some tables too. We all want to flip some tables every now and then. Don't do it though, but we get it. If you really knew who Jesus was, you would really want to rock with him. You really would. He talking to the people everybody say you shouldn't talk to, hugging on the people that they say is unclean, healing the people that are sick, cheaters, liars, murderers, manipulators, and loving them until they turn their ways around. Not loving them like, yeah, you just stay where you are. That ain't Jesus either. Love you to repentance, not just because I love you. That's cool. But he kept saying, follow me. You going that way, I'm going this way. What you want to do? You go that way, I'll love you anyway, but you going that way. I'm going this way. We out. So we got to really take an inventory on our lives. Like, what are we creating? Are we creating fans? If they followed you, what would they end up being? If they followed you. And I'll say it to the young kids. If your friends had to follow you, where would they go? What would they be exactly? Would they think they can put their jersey on and not actually have to play? Not actually have to put in some work? I just want to wear the jersey and sit in the back. My man sat behind the bench asking for the ball with the jersey on. He fooled some people, but he didn't fool the real players. Come on now. Real players know. That's why some people you don't like talking to because they know you ain't, you ain't about this life. You ain't really one of them. You ask any hooper hooper. When people come, I'm, listen, they, they do it to my nephew all the time. Then don't do it after service. I know how y'all be. The boy is 6'8". Everybody look at him like, you play basketball? Well, yes. And then you got somebody about in their 57-year-old talking about something, I'll ball you up. And he like, all right, bro. No, you won't. He a real one. The real ones know. You can't play around with this. Real hoopers will look at you and be like, nah, I see how you shoot. I see what you're talking about the game. You yelling travel. He ain't travel. You don't know the rules. You don't know how to play. You just talking. Listen, I can't lie. I, we were supposed to watch the Super Bowl together as a young adult community. I told them, nah, I ain't watching. I love y'all. But I ain't watching it with all females. I'm sorry. I'm not doing it. Y'all going to be talking about butts and colors of the jersey and all this other stuff. I ain't, nah. They ain't going to be like, that, that's, that's the wrong play, right, babe? I'm like, yeah, babe, that's, that's the wrong play. You got it. I love you too. But just understanding that a casual fan does not know the rules. They don't know how it works, but real ones recognize real ones. And I'm going to go to my last point. And this one, you judge for yourself. Fans couldn't live the life of a follower. They just can't. A fan cannot live the life of a follower. But a follower can't live the life of a fan either. A follower can't live the life of a fan. Too many times we have followers of Christ trying to live like the fans. And then it gets you in trouble. My man John Morant plays for the Memphis Grizzlies, right? He just got, he was suspended for what, eight games or so? Just got back with his team. He had a video that went up on Instagram, and he recorded himself, which is, you know, most people get caught because somebody else recorded. You record yourself then. Duh. So he records himself in a strip club, all right? Don't, don't act like y'all. Don't get weird over the word strip club. He records himself, and he holds a gun up. Now, mind you, the gun was about this big, too. So he holds it up in the video like, yeah, 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 yeah. What? 
then gets suspended right after. Suspended. He's not allowed to play the game he loves because of what he did. Now, if a regular fan did that, it'd be no problem, no consequences, whatever. They can live like that. But when you're called to something higher and something greater and you join a team and you say you're really about that life, there's certain things you cannot do. You just can't do it. And I want you to understand exactly what they suspended him for. This is the, the lingo of the NBA. John Moran was suspended for behavior detrimental to the team and the league. His behavior was detrimental. His behavior reflected poorly on the league. You got to sit down. We ain't kicking you out, but you got to sit down somewhere. Your behavior is reflecting. You're making us look bad. New, some Christians, you're making us look bad. You're making us look like we hate people. You're making us look judgmental like there's no real love here. Your behavior is detrimental to this team. And it's hurting. We can't live like the fans do. But for some reason, we have this version of Christianity where we can. I can live how you live and still claim and wear the jersey. But then we wonder why we don't get the benefits that the players get. We don't get the contracts from God that the players get. We're confused, like, God, where you at? Show up. He like, where you at? Show up. We're super confused by God's behavior. Like, how have you not come and rescued me out of this situation? He's like, you suspended. From behavior detrimental to the team. Serve out your punishment. We'll see you when you want to tighten up. John Morant had to sit in front of cameras like, you know what? Um, I went to therapy. Um, I took some classes to work on me to become better. We come to therapy every Sunday. We read this book every Sunday. If the behavior don't change, you a fan. You're pretending to be devoted to something without letting that devotion change the way you live. You're not a real one. And for the kids, they would look at you straight. You a fraud. That, that's the issue we have right now. We're wondering why our city's going up. It's, it's too many Christians. We got plenty of Christians out there. Plenty. So what's the problem? We're going to look at God and say, hey, God, something, something it ain't working. You're doing something wrong. He's like, no, nah, you're doing something wrong. I put you there to do this. The coach don't get on the floor. The GM don't get on the floor. The owner of the team don't get on the floor. We keep asking God, come down and fix it. He's like, I sent you. You fix it. But you can't fix it as a fan. I wanted so bad watching the Eagles play. Jalen, please don't fumble that ball. Oh, my God, when he fumbled it, I literally reached for the TV to pick it up. I'm over there hurting. My friend's like, oh, you okay? Bro, leave me alone. Don't talk to me. Picking at me. Because I'm, I'm a diehard, but I ain't on that field. We lose. They're like, you okay? Yeah, I'm going home. I'm fine. I didn't lose. I know I said we when the game was going on. But as soon as the game go off, that we don't last no more. We sit here and say we worship you. But as soon as we leave the arena, all right, they'll worship you. I'm good. I'm going back to my life. It's happy hour. Let's go get one. We need to be real ones. God does not deserve what we give him. But then we ask him for so much. We beg for everything the Bible says. 
if you read it, this is why Bible study is important. If you read it, the stuff he talked about were for the disciples. You know who he told he would prepare a place for? The disciples. When he was feeding 5,000, he didn't give that speech. But when he was with his boys, the followers, he said, I'm preparing a place for you. I got you. Where, where I'm going, you coming. I got a spot for you because you follow me. I'm going this way, you going that way. But if down here he go this way, you go that way, why do you think you going that way? Like, I, I just want to be really honest because it, it sucks because in my position working in the community, sadly, I attend a lot of funerals, a lot of them. And I can't judge nobody's salvation, but everybody didn't get in. I'm not about to pretend everybody got in. I, God knows, I've sat in funerals, everybody, he's in a better place by now. Eh. He might not be. I don't know if he's really in a better place. All dogs don't go to heaven. But everybody want to act like it because that's the, the prescribed religion we're giving them. Everybody get in. No, you don't. The Bible says the road is narrow. Everybody not getting there. You want to know what the big road is? The wrong way. The majority way, everybody going the wrong way. And we, we think it's, it's right. Fans in jerseys just acting like we hooping. And we not. And then it sucks because we're expecting a result from something we didn't do. From a devotion we did not truly give. We said it. You can probably fool some of us. You can't fool God. You can't. And I want to I be clear on what the Bible says, all right? And I don't know exactly. It's in Matthew somewhere, I promise. The Bible says clearly, on judgment day, there's going to be people who get there, and they'll be like, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. And he's going to look at you and be like, I don't know you. I don't know you. You can go away. But wait a minute, I did all that. What you mean? I got the jersey, bro. I got the, I cheered every single time you played. I was the loudest one. I made other fans. There's a lot of people worshiping you because of me. Him, I don't know you. Go away. I don't know you. You had your time. You didn't want me then. Why do you want me now? People say it all the time. And you see from the kids, when I glow up, don't want me. When, it, when it's time, don't want me. When I blow up and I get there, some of y'all feel that way about people in this room. Listen, you don't want me right now? All right, watch. Jesus said the same thing. Okay, I gave you this kingdom. You can have it. You don't want me now. Why would you want me for eternity? You turned off by me in here? It's all about me up there. It's all about me. You don't want me down there. You ain't going to, you going to feel weird. So we not even going to let you in, bro. You don't want me for real. You don't. My man in the video tried to drive down to where to play. The video cut for a reason. He couldn't get down there. He fooled everybody else until he got to the gate. Everybody. Had people taking pictures with him, telling him to go drop 30. You do great. Until he got to that gate. And the gatekeeper said, no. You're not the real one. You're not the real thing. So I need you to really decide. And I'll be honest, 
there might be some people who decide, nah, this ain't it for me. It's your choice. But for those that keep putting on the jersey, you have a chance to really be a player, a real one. The Bible says in Matthew 16, 24 through 25, then Jesus said to his followers, if any of you want to be my follower, you must stop thinking about yourself and what you want. You must be willing to carry the cross that is given to you for following me. Any of you who try to save the life you have will lose it. But you who give up your life for me will find true life. Those words are plain and simple. Plain and simple. If you want to follow me, take this cross I'm going to give you. Take this burden. Take these struggles. Deal with this stuff. Get to work. You want to be a real player? Let's go work out. Let's get in shape. Nah, you can't do what I need you to do in that condition. Your heart needs to change. Some of us are out of shape spiritually. Very out of shape. Wondering why we can't get up and down the court. I mean, get through a full day. We out of shape. Your week been killing you. You're supposed to kill the week. But you're not in shape. Because you're a fan. Fans eat popcorn and beer. And they sit back, eat whatever they want to, because they don't got to get up and down that court. But for those of us that are Christians, we got to live this thing. We have to live it. There are reasons why we are struggling with certain stuff. There's reasons. And I, just to keep using March Madness because I'm a basketball fan. First round game, FAU. Was F no, not FAU. Was it FDU? Yeah, FDU versus Purdue. Number 16 seed versus a number one seed. The team in the seed all the way in the back, David, versus the team all the way in the front, Goliath. The 16th seed was the shortest team in the tournament by stature. They were the shortest. The number one seed, you can guess it, they were the tallest. The number 16 seed beat the number one seed. And the, the dopest part, because there was a, a video that went viral. For those who don't know what viral, it just went everywhere. So if you don't know what viral is, sorry. The video went viral, and it has the coach in the locker room talking to his players. He looks at his plays. He said, hey, y'all, listen, the more I watch Purdue, the more I think we can take them. The more I watch film on them, the more I think we can take them. The more I study our opponent, the more I think we can take them. Some of us dealing with these struggles in our opponents and we can't take them because you ain't really studied for real. You ain't really watched. Are there any believers in the house that know for a fact, if I really look at my opponent, I know we can take them. We can take them. But if you don't study, if you're not about this life for real, you're going to keep struggling with the same thing every week, calling up, asking him to pray for you. At some point, pastor, tell him, listen, go read the book. Y'all want me to pray for the same thing? Go read. The answers are in here. It's simple. You wouldn't expect your child failing when they have the answers. Why should you? We have the answers. Young people, you have the answers. What you struggling with anxiety for? You have the answers. Why are you depressed? Why are you trying to appease them? We have the answers. I know they make it look good right now, but trust me, that's going to fade. I've been in high school. Most of them bad ones, they don't make it to 30. Listen, they don't, they don't look the same. It don't last. It ain't real. 
We got to be real ones, y'all. We got to be really about that life, really about it. And if there's anything that I need you to take away from this, I need you to really decide, what are me and God? What are we? God is really, and I, I want you to just understand the heart of the Father. He really looking like, yo, what is this thing we doing? Because I think everybody in a relationship gets to that point. You got to sit down with the, your significant others like, listen, where are we going with this thing? What are we doing here? And if they don't have answers for you, nine times out of ten, you're like, this ain't it then. God wants to sit down with you, look you dead in your face and say, where are we going with this? What are we? Because you claiming me, but you making me look bad in the streets. You saying I'm your husband, but then you out here talking, to, you making me look bad. What are we doing here? Yes, you're going to make some mistakes. I'm locked in with you. Commitment is real. But what are we doing with this thing? God genuinely wants to know. And if he don't want you, he a gentleman. He'll back up. He'll back up until you're ready. I can't stand when people talk about Christianity and the slaves and all that. God ain't forced nobody to do nothing. Not one time. This ain't a slave religion. I had somebody tell me, bro, you a slave. To what? I'm a friend. Read the Bible. I'm a son. Read the book. He didn't force nobody. Nobody. But he let you choose. We have to get to the point where we choose. Right? And I want to share this last thing, and I'm going to go. Two things, I lied. There's a quote that we've been talking about in Bible study. I would ask one of your angel pick. Yeah, I know you know this quote. Um, we've been sharing it with the young kids, um, and it's a good one by a man named Tim Conway. It says, if following Christ has never cost you anything, you're not following him. And I'm going to read it again. If following Christ has never cost you anything, you're not following him. If being married has never cost you anything, you're not really married. If you've never had to die to yourself for your relationship, y'all not going to last. Everybody knows that, right? Everybody knows. It's the same with the Lord. It's the same. If it hasn't cost you anything, you're not going to make it. And we have to get back. I want you to understand, God is upset with how we're doing his name in the streets. He's upset. We're claiming the jersey, not putting in the work. Dressed up like players, living like fans. And I want to share this dream with you guys that I had. I told you I won't go share it, but I'm going to definitely share it. Um, back in 2012, and I was at, you know, one of those peak times. Y'all know when y'all first got with the Lord, you started really going crazy. Like, you locked in honeymoon phase with Jesus. You changed all your music. You, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. All right? So I'm in that honeymoon, late honeymoon phase, but I'm still rocking hard, right? I have this dream, and back in 2012, and I remember because I was working at Menchville at the time, and y'all know how dreams are weird, so don't judge me, but it was, you know, dreams can take you around the corner, you end up in Iceland, so dreams are different. So I'm in this dream, and I'm in this cave, right, and there's this, this intensity with how it feels in the cave, and then there's this chalkboard with chalk moving, and then there's this huge beast-looking creature, just huge, scary almost. It's huge and it's intense. And it's writing God on the board over and over and over and over again. And you feel the pressure 
in the dream start rising and you can see red and orange. It's almost like flames, but it was no fire. It was insanely intense. I got this in 2012 and the, the creature is just screaming, my name, my name, my name, my name. He's upset. I wake up terrified terrified and I go to work where one of my spiritual mothers is there and I tell her about the dream and she just starts smirking at me. She's like, you know exactly what that means. You know exactly what it means. And as soon as she said it, it's like a revelation came. God is upset about what we're doing in his name. He's furious. We think God is so upset about all these other struggles in life, addictions, weed, drinking, porn, same sex stuff. He can work on that. But what we doing in his name, he's angry. We have to be better at this thing. We are called to be better at this thing. And for those who are watching us, they will go as far as we go. If then they might fall short. We gotta really be about this life. And being about this life is not judgmental. It's not mean, it's not evil, it's not nasty. The fruits of the spirit are there. We'll get to that another time. But we really have to be about this life. Can we stand real quick? Can we stand? We have to really be about this thing. And for those of you who have ever been in a relationship, when things are going wrong, they tell you to go to therapy, right? Where you got to sit there, you got to talk to your spouse, talk to your significant other, make things right. So what I want to do for us to end this service, I want to invite those who really can be honest with themselves and say, I'm not doing God right. I want to invite you to the front. I want you to step away from people, get to yourself and talk to God and get your relationship right. Because someone in here needs to. Someone needs to really go to the Father. You think you're going to do it when you leave, but... That don't always work when you leave the arena. So I'm asked three questions. If we can bow our heads real quick. We ask three questions. We do this in youth church. I ask three questions. One, if you know that you are not saved, if you know you don't know enough about this Jesus we're talking about, if you really might want to know him, if you want to get to know who he is, if you want to learn a little bit more about this relationship we're talking to, why everybody's heads are bowed, can you please walk up to the front? If that's genuinely you, if you are someone who is unsure that you and your relationship with Christ is right, can you please walk up to the front? Because he's waiting for you. Amen. Yeah, come on down. Everybody's head bowed. Everybody's head bowed. If that is you and you know for a fact you want to get to know this person we're supposed to be in a relationship with, come down to the front. If you know you need to rededicate your life, if you know you've been treating him like a side chick and he's demanding a true marriage, you are invited to come down to the front. If you know you need to rededicate your life and do better by your Lord and Savior, I ask that you come down to the front. And then lastly, if you need prayer, if you need someone to intercede on your behalf and the intercessors, can you come down to the front, please? If there are any intercessors in the building, can you come down to the front? If you need someone to pray for you, if you need someone to talk to our Father on your behalf, you can make your way down. 
But there are people down here for sure. And the kingdom is happy. If you can lift your eyes, lift your eyes and just celebrate the people that are down here. We're going to pray over y'all real quick. But just celebrate them. We're going to walk them through their phase for sure. We're going to figure it all out. But to be here is, is huge, right? And I want to say this to you all before, you know, we get to the rest and, and if tears going and all that stuff. I, I want to let you guys know that what we about, this is a real thing. This is a way of living. We ain't weird. Not all of us. Some of us are weird. But this is a real thing we do. We decided to be about this life. And just like deciding to be a hooper, it may cost you some time with your friends. It may cost you some places you're not supposed to go. You may have to change your diet, the things you're putting into your body, whether that's eating it or reading it or watching it. The stuff you feed yourself may have to change, but God will get there. Ain't no rush to be at the finish line. Ain't one, for the record. God will work on you. All you got to do is say, I want to be on the team. That's it. The coach will get you in shape. Trust me, we good at it as a coach. We got plenty of suicides where you got to die to yourself and go up and down. The coach will help you with that. You ain't got to get yourself in shape. Trust me. The coach can get there. All you got to do is say you want to be on the team. We do the rest. We'll show you the plays. You'll have teammates that'll help get you right. My bad. Teammates better help you get right. As teammates and not fans and critics. Fans criticize. Teammates uplift. We're going to be teammates in this thing. If that's what you really want. Can everybody bow real quick when we pray, talk to God, and then we'll get up out of here. Lord, first and foremost, thank you for who you are. Thank you for being you. You are insanely awesome, God, and we don't deserve you. Thank you for loving us despite how we may treat you, Father God. I just thank you for your love and your son who you sent to pay that price for us that we may be on this team that son that sacrificed his perfect life so that way we may get back to the father dirty and unclean father God that you have your arms open to receive us Lord for those that are here father God for the intercessors that are praying over these people father God for those that will be seeking salvation I just pray that you cover their lives father God that you be with them in this moment Lord that you would help them see you and not us that they would really get to know who you are and what you're really about, Father God. Help them see and feel that you made them for something, that you love them for who they are, but love them enough not to keep them there, Lord. I ask that you just cover this house, Lord, this house full of followers and fans, God, that you would cover us and watch over us and be with this house. Allow this house to be what you want it to be, Father God. Allow this house to get filled up with followers and players and not just fans that want to watch, Father God. Allow people's hearts to change to really want to serve and be about you, Lord. We need your help getting in shape, God. We need some suicides from you, Father God. Some things that will die to ourselves, Father God, that we may be with you, Lord. We need your help with all of this, Father God. But for these lives that are here, Lord, that are saying they want to be with you, Father God, I just want them to be able to hear heaven cheering, Lord. I want them to be able to hear Ivy cheering for them, Father God, that they may know that they are home and they are on this team and we're going to get them in shape and we're going to do this thing, Father God. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen.
Hey y'all, come on, let's give Meech a big clap off and a praise. Wonderful job, wonderful job. We certainly celebrate those who have made decisions today for the Lord. Um, we thank you all uh, for celebrating with us. Can we give praise for all of the young people today also that did, had a fantastic job. Meech, you left us with something that resonates. We have to make the decision. And, and sometimes people think that just joining the church is enough. That's membership. But there's a difference between membership and discipleship. And you helped us to understand that today. We're very proud of you for all that he's done. Don't forget, young, young adults, don't forget uh, immediately following in the basement, we have some food and fun and fellowship for you if you want to come down and uh, do that as well. So, Meech, you want to go on there? We'll take care of this for you. Um, Y'all, come on, give Meech. Sister Jamie, come on. Come on, be with Come on with him. Where you going, Meech? Meech, where you going, bro? Where you going? No, I said, no, stand right here. That's like at the end of the game, you run into the locker room, man. What? Stay, stay right there. Stay right there. He's already given benediction, so y'all come on up and show your love for Meech on the way out. Hug somebody before you leave. We love you. Vice Mayor Gray, thank you for being here today. We appreciate you. Love y'all. Have a great week, everybody. Calling all graduates, high school, college, or trade school to email your full name, contact number, school name, major, GPA, and plans after graduation to scholarship at ivbaptistchurch.org by May 1st. Fridays at noon, join us for corporate prayer on Zoom during our 40 days of kingdom. Meeting ID is 757-244-5004, or you can dial in 312-626-799. Ivy members, you are invited to attend the inauguration ceremony of Hampton University's 13th president, Darrell K. Williams. Lieutenant General U.S. Retired, Saturday, April 1st at 1 p.m. at the Hampton University Convocation Center. Save the date for the excellent resurrection. Egg hunt on Saturday, April 8th from 1 to 3 p.m. at Ivy. This event is for Ivy kids only. You can bring a friend and bring your own basket. One thing that's true about Ivy is that we don't just love God, but we also love God's people and our community. We have started an initiative called Operation Bless the Community. And since we started it, we have raised almost $150,000. 
and all of the resources are going right back out into our community so our community and our families can be better. We're gonna do it again this year. We want your support. Any donation of any amount that goes to Operation Bless the Community will go out into the communities that we serve to make our place better for everyone. We want everybody to win around here. So please, why don't you consider giving a donation to Operation Bless the Community? Any size, any amount, all of it will go toward blessing our community and helping those in need. We appreciate in advance your support. Make a note for yourself. Resurrection Sunday service will be at Ivy. Two services, 8 a.m. worship and word will not be streamed and 1030 will be a full-blown service. You want to be here. Resurrection Sunday. He lives. Come out and hear our associates ministers give the seven last words of Christ this Wednesday, March 29th at 7 p.m. here at Ivy. Our cancer snippet for the month of March is colorectal cancer. Did you know colorectal cancer is the third most common cancer diagnosed in the USA? One in 23 men and one in 24 women will develop this cancer. This cancer is largely preventable through screening. For more information about National Colorectal Cancer Awareness, please visit www.preventcancer or call the American Cancer Society at 1-800-227-2345. Power Hour with Shannon has not stopped. Register each week for classes in April. Contact Shannon for details and payments. Let's keep up the good work. Health is wealth. Calling all graduates, high school, college, or trade school to email your full name, contact number, school name, major, GPA, and plans after graduation to scholarship at ivbaptistchurch.org by May 1st. Fridays at noon, join us for corporate prayer on Zoom during our 40 Days of Kingdom. Meeting ID is 757-244-5004, or you can dial in 312-626-799. Ivy members, you are invited to attend the inauguration ceremony of Hampton University's 13th President, Darrell K. Williams. Lieutenant General, U.S. Retired, Saturday, April 1st at 1 p.m. at the Hampton University Convocation Center. Save the date for the excellent resurrection. Egg hunt on Saturday, April 8th from 1 to 3 p.m. at Ivy. This event is for Ivy kids only. You can bring a friend and bring your own basket.
One thing that's true about Ivy is that we don't just love God, but we also love God's people and our community. We have started an initiative called Operation Bless the Community. And since we started it, we have raised almost $150,000. And all of the resources are going right back out into our community so our community and our families can be better. We're gonna do it again this year. We want your support. Any donation of any amount that goes to Operation Bless the Community will go out into the communities that we serve to make our place better for everyone. We want everybody to win around here. So please, why don't you consider giving a donation to Operation Bless the Community? Any size, any amount, all of it will go toward blessing our community and helping those in need. We appreciate in advance your support. Make a note for yourself. Resurrection Sunday service will be at Ivy. Two services, 8 a.m. worship and word will not be streamed and 1030 will be a full-blown service. You want to be here. Resurrection Sunday. He lives. Come out and hear our associates ministers give the seven last words of Christ this Wednesday, March 29th at 7 p.m. here at Ivy. Our cancer snippet for the month of March is colorectal cancer. Did you know colorectal cancer is the third most common cancer diagnosed in the USA? One in 23 men and one in 24 women will develop this cancer. This cancer is largely preventable through screening. For more information about National Colorectal Cancer Awareness, please visit www.preventcancer or call the American Cancer Society at 1-800-227-2345. Power Hour with Shannon has not stopped. Register each week for classes in April. Contact Shannon for details and payments. Let's keep up the good work. Health is wealth. Calling all graduates, high school, college, or trade school to email your full name, contact number, school name, major, GPA, and plans after graduation to scholarship at ivbaptistchurch.org by May 1st. Fridays at noon, join us for corporate prayer on Zoom during our 40 Days of Kingdom. Meeting ID is 757-244-5004, or you can dial in 312-626-799. Ivy members, you are invited to attend the inauguration ceremony of Hampton University's 13th President, Darrell K. Williams. Lieutenant General, U.S. Retired, Saturday, April 1st at 1 p.m. at the Hampton University Convocation Center. Save the date for the excellent resurrection. Egg hunt on Saturday, April 8th 
from 1 to 3 p.m. at Ivy. This event is for Ivy kids only. You can bring a friend and bring your own basket. One thing that's true about Ivy is that we don't just love God, but we also love God's people and our community. We have started an initiative called Operation Bless the Community. And since we started it, we have raised almost $150,000. And all of the resources are going right back out into our community so our community and our families can be better. We're gonna do it again this year. We want your support. Any donation of any amount that goes to Operation Bless the Community will go out into the communities that we serve to make our place better for everyone. We want everybody to win around here. So please, why don't you consider giving a donation to Operation Bless the Community? Any size, any amount, all of it will go toward blessing our community and helping those in need. We appreciate in advance your support. Make a note for yourself. Resurrection Sunday service will be at Ivy. Two services, 8 a.m. worship and word will not be streamed and 1030 will be a full-blown service. You want to be here. Resurrection Sunday. He lives. Come out and hear our associates ministers give the seven last words of Christ this Wednesday, March 29th at 7 p.m. here at Ivy. Our cancer snippet for the month of March is colorectal cancer. Did you know colorectal cancer is the third most common cancer diagnosed in the USA? One in 23 men and one in 24 women will develop this cancer. This cancer is largely preventable through screening. For more information about National Colorectal Cancer Awareness, please visit www.preventcancer or call the American Cancer Society at 1-800 227-2345. Power Hour with Shannon has not stopped. Register each week for classes in April. Contact Shannon for details and payments. Let's keep up the good work. Health is wealth.